And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davidson for part two of this week's episode, The Successful Steelers Go Up Against the Bungling Bengals. Mark, just before the break, you talked about the fact that Joe... You know, Joey, you know, as we're giving a bit of an Australian nickname there, but Joe, Joey Joe Burrow is going to be coming into, coming into Heinz Field there, going up against the Steelers' defense, tied for number one in interceptions, number one in sacks. We've had 11 interceptions. We've got 32 sacks on the season, on track for 64 um, on current projections. Last week, we saw the Steelers get after it. Joe Burrow has been sacked 28 times this season. What are the Bengals got to do to put Pittsburgh in their place this week? Um, it's a very hard question. Honestly, it's a very, very hard question. Um, I'm not sure what they need to do, but Joe Burrow is going into Heinz Field, which is hard enough. Joe Burrow is versing TJ, versing Bud, versing Tuart, Cam. Um, not sure if Alawal is playing, but that steel line is just crazy. Joe Burrow, as a rookie, is playing Ben Roethlisberger, who's been in the league 17 years. You don't think that freaks him out? It would freak me out if I met Ben as a fan, let alone a player, and I have to verse a great player on the other side. I've got to keep up with him. There's so much. There's, he's obviously a good quarterback, and I watched a oh, film, watched a bit of game pass with him last week, and he's doing some good decisions, and he's getting out of the pocket, and he's moving around. Um, he's, got, he's got a really good... Uh, projection with the ball. Um, you just said then he's getting sacked quite a bit, but that's what rookies do. So I don't think this this time around Bur- Burrow will win this game and like it's going to be his first game in Heinz Field. I just don't think it. I just I think he has to he'd have to really go out there and sling five times. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think for Joe Burrow to get away with the win, um, and we'll go into it in a in a in a moment sort of thing, but. For me, it's very much around can their defense step up? Like the reality is, just Joe Burrow is not going to solely win them this game. The defense has to step up, mm-hmm. and they have to put pressure on Pittsburgh. And we've almost got to beat ourselves, if that makes sense. So we've started slow the last few weeks. The best thing that could go right for the Bengals would be we start slow again. Their defense holds it through in the se- in the second half. Bob's your uncle. Bengals come away with the win. Joe, as you said there, though, Joe is going to have to play the game of his life, um, you know, which is probably not going to happen against this defense. Um, touch all wood, but it's mm. just not. There's just a lot of quality there. But, you know, the Bengals have some decent wide receivers out there. Like when I went and had a look at their, their stats, you know, and whilst the stats themselves, are, you know, they're not, oh my God, world breaking. Like, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you've got AJ Green there. Joe Mixon's no, no, you know, no poor player there on the, you know, the rushing and the receiving side. You know, he's sort of a bit of a like a, you know, couple of tiers below Lav Bell when Lav Bell was with us. You know, he's got 428 rushing yards. He's got 138 receiving yards. You know, Giovanni Bernard, who can make these splash plays as well. He's got 143 rushing yards, but 190 receiving yards so he's been used in the past game you know as, as i said there t higgins uh 33 receptions 488 yards tyler boyd 54 receptions 584 yards so that's more than any steelers player they both have three touchdowns aj greens 
not having as good a year. Um, but 31 receptions, 316 yards, no touchdowns yet. But he can ball out. Like, he could have a two or three touchdown game if Joe's on fire. Well, it's AJ Green. It's it. Like, just those, those two words alone, it's, it, it gives him the excuse to, to go out and have fun against our Steelers. Um, even, like, uh, Boyd is always giving us a little bit of a problem. So the receiving core is really is really good. Um, Joe Burrow is what seems like to be a good quarterback uh, for a rookie, and he's well, they two five and one, but he's you know uh, the NFL sites they think the world of him, but he's still got to perform and turn up. That's it. Like, like we've got the title here going against the bungling Bengals. They're the bungling Bengals this year because they're bottom of the AFC North, where most people would have predicted them to be. But interestingly, if you drop them in on their record into another into another division in the NFL, they'd be ahead of the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> right? So they'd still be the last in the AFC West, but they'd be like a game behind. They'd be ahead of the Houston Texans, so they'd be third in the AFC South. They'd be second in the NFC East. Uh, and across other league, yeah, they'd be bottom of the AFC East just by one game. Like, they're not... It shows you the strength of the AFC North because you remember the, the Bengals have got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cleveland Browns twice each. So they're not they're not necessarily that bad a team. And when you put the fact that they've got a rookie quarterback in there, they've lost a couple of key players as well. Like Carlos Dunlap, you know, got traded a few weeks ago. Geno Atkins is playing in a very different role. Um, we've had a few injuries as well. They're not necessarily the bungling Bengals that Steelers fans may have seen in previous years. I don't think they are, but can I, I want to get your opinion on this one. I just thought about it just then as you are talking about the Bengals in certain different divisions and as a team and as a unit uh, and with Joe Burrow, like what are your thoughts um, on his capability of being rookie MVP? I'll just quickly give you my thoughts. I, I think for him to be rookie MVP, they're, they're choosing... Like, yeah, he's a quarterback, and it's same with, um, I can't remember his name, that bloke for the Chargers, Herbert. Oh, Herbert. Um, he's playing some good football. He is playing good football, and I think he's, he's leading before Burrow. At the same time, though, their squad is, their team are both losing. And where's the factor in that? Like, we have Chase Claypool being rookie, and he's playing, they never give it to a receiver anyway. But, okay, give it to Joe Burrow because he's number one. But you might be losing this week two, six, and one. Like is individual? It must be all individual and no team-based bias at all. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Mark. I mean, you look at the analysis of it. I think obviously we're halfway through the season, so it's still a bit of a prediction. You know, I'm not trying to give a bit of a Schofield answer there yeah. and get out of it. <laughs> but I think some of the records, like I think he's the only quarterback or something since Dan Marino. I think I saw or one of those one of those legends of the game that's throwing like over four or five games of 300 yards. And when I'm talking about Justin Herbert there, um, so technically he's thrown, so he's only started seven games where versus Burrow has started all eight. Burrow's got 2,272 yards on the season, whereas Herbert's got 2,146. Herbert's thrown 17 touchdowns for five interceptions. So almost Ben numbers in one less game. Whereas Joe Burrow has got five interceptions and only 11 touchdowns. So I'd say Herbert's ahead right now. But as I said there, if you were going to be equating it, like if it was a bit more of MVP style waiting and, and Burrow's numbers get better, you'd have to think 
he'd, you know, he'd still be in a little bit of the mix there because, as I said, he's got to play AFC North teams, not AFC West teams. And yes, the Raiders are not too bad in the AFC West and, and the Chiefs obviously, you know, steal a cal- caliber as well. But like, you know, yeah, I, I just think Joe Burrow's got a, got a bit more against it there. So, uh, look, that's a great question. It'll be interesting to see as they go through the season. Oh, most definitely. I'm going to add to that and spin it just a little bit more and how we perceive these guys, number one. Now, he's won two games. That's correct, right, Matt? Yeah, they're both two won games. two games. Okay. But, but the Bengals have drawn that game. True. Let's say, for instance, the draw wasn't there, but he's won two games. What if Joe Burrow goes two years and you know all the Bengals fans, this, this is their guy. Fantastic. This is, this is their guy. This is their new band. This is the way they're going to win the AFC North. Uh, I think they're still a few years away. What if he goes over the next two years, which is a possibility, um, he goes 10 and 22. Do they still go, oh, the third year, we're going to win Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think they give up. But it's just interesting to see how we treat some of these players so early. Well, like, like Burrow is, 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 is the warrior and MVP and going to come into, into Heinz Field. No, he won't. TJ Watt and Bud are going to bury you, Burrow. Got it. <laughs> um yeah agree agree and i think herbert look herbert surprised me a little bit to be honest like i thought he played well at oregon and i I thought he got drafted a little high i thought he could be you know one of those players that more falls in that that 20 to 30 or 20 to 36 picks and if there's not a run on quarterbacks and what have you but i have to say when i was watching him as part of hard knocks he can throw the ball like he can throw the ball there like you know, Joe Burrow obviously got a bit more spotlight playing for LSU and had like that freak sort of run during those playoffs and he had the seven touchdowns or whatever it was in that and game. And he was a movie star. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I can't see them doing anything but bungling it up because their name suggests in terms of like the next couple of years because equally they've got some players that will start to get a bit disenfranchised. And like when I look at their defense, it's quite a young defense, but mm-hmm. whether they're all going to be able to get paid, like uh, I'm not sure they need, they still need a bit more pedigree there. When I look on offense as well, AJ Green's getting older, Tyler Boyd, you're going to have to keep paying him, but they are a young team. So like mm-hmm. 10 and 22, I mean, let's say he wins two more this season. I could see them winning seven games next season. Then maybe the season after you make a couple of acquisitions, see how you go. But again, I think when we look at the talent they've got, a salary cap reduction next season is what will hurt a team like the Bengals because they won't be able to acquire a couple of key pieces. Do you think their culture is changing? Because I know from the previous five years of watching the Bengals, they have been my most disliked team with the the key players of like Vontez, Perfect, and uh, Adam Pacman Jones being absolute trash players to watch do you think the culture is changing at the moment i think it's hard when we haven't seen unless you've deliberately gone out and watched them i think it's hard to sort of necessarily say that but i would think bringing someone like a joe burrow yes equally when you look at the numbers and their defense like is not good like their defense is not good this year they've got like eight interceptions they've got 21 tackles for a loss 33 quarterback hits. They've literally got 11 sacks. Like the Steelers have three times yeah, the right. sacks. I think they're changing to an offense, offense heavy team. Yeah. And when we talk about, when we talked about some of the leaders there, like 
they've got two wide receivers that have more yards than the Steelers. You know, they've got their steel like their reception core of their top leaders are mostly around 24, 29, 26. T. Higgins is 21. I think they're changing a culture to an offense-heavy team. Yeah. And I think that when you when you talk about some of the players, they're like they flicked Carlos Dunlap off. Geno Atkins is used in more of a spot role. There's no Vontez perfect anymore. That that some of the like obviously the stuff that we hate as Steelers fans and that culture there, I think that's changing because the the focus of their team is changing. If that yeah, makes sense, that's very true. I think yeah, what you're saying is a very good point. Like maybe they're turning into like uh, Russell Wilson the Seahawks, where their defense is not that great. But Russell, any point during the game can have three touchdowns, four touchdowns and get 28 points. And that's a, that's defense in itself, really. Um, but yeah, I just know from the previous five seasons, I like even being in Australia, it's, it's like hard to build those uh, rivals up, but I just, I could not stand those players. And it, yeah. even to this point with our predictions a few weeks ago, um, I hope the Bengals lose every single time now just cause of that. But a little bit of me fades away because of those players aren't there for that hate. But I still wish for the Steelers to be... They've won 10-0 and since for five years. I want them to be 11-0. and uh, And I want that to continue forever. I agree. I, I would have to say, though, for me, like, I feel like the rivalry is... Obviously, the Ravens is, you know, top-notch. But, like, I feel like that just yeah personally i've got more hatred for the browns these days because oh, yeah. there's no vontes perfect because there's no carlos dunlap you know like i i just sort of feel like i hate seeing aj green do well against us but i feel like there's a few players that i actually respect now on the and as i said yeah. maybe it's because of this culture shifting to offense um you know and mark i didn't think we'd go that far into it there but like yeah i think i i think for me the Bengals are probably my least hated team in the AFC North that we've got to come up against now. And I know there's a lot of history there that I'm looking past, but I just feel like we're going to see some really exciting matchups. And when you think that the Steelers at some point in the next couple of years, we're going to be drafting our own, you know, acquiring our own, you know, young or mid-career, you know, great quarterback, or let's say Mason for somehow shows out and we'll get a little bit to Mason, you know, in, in the instance that Ben can't play this week. But I kind of feel like we've got something really exciting to come up against because you're going to have Lamar. I think the Browns at that point have moved on from Mayfield potentially, or, you know, he'll be bumbling along, but like you can have Lamar provided that he improves his throwing too. I think he's, he's got to really do that the next couple of years. You have Lamar and Burrow against whoever the Steelers bring in. Like it's awesome, you know, like, and we can watch the Steelers, a young Steelers quarterback go after it. Like, I think it's exciting. And we can get to see Minka pick him off for a few more years and we get to see TJ Watt put him in the ground with Highsmith. Like, cause you know, we won't be able to keep Bud, but like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, for sure. The, the culture I think has just changed. It's like you said, it's now offense. Like they just want to go and then put points on. So, uh, and yeah, when we draft our own uh, quarterback, if it's not Rudolph, like I will support anyone. Um, even if it was Rudolph or, you know, you know, someone else in there. Like, I don't even know who's it. Jamarcus Russell, if he was in there, he's an old name that came to my head. I would support them. I'd have to. Ryan Leaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was going to win 17 games in a 16-game season. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting for the Bengals fans. That's why I think this 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 shift has to happen on their side, even though on Instagram they put up the Hushman Zada with the towel, and that's, just, that's bad juju. Um, maybe they should steer clear, that kind of stuff. Like, 
for some reason, the AFC North wants to hate on the Steelers. They all hate us, and we just we succeed so much out of you, it. You said it earlier, though, Mark. Like, and and for the listeners out there, like Mark and I both support the same rugby league team, which has a lot of parallels with the Steelers. Very vocal fan base, very strong, solid tradition, hallmark defense. Won a bunch of premierships, what we call premierships here or Super Bowls in the um in the in the seventies, you know. And then, and then it's done well in the 2000s. Like the year's almost a parallel, actually. You know, um, when you look at the premierships, it's quite, it's quite scary. Um, but Manly have this attitude where, and Manly, the team we go for, the Manly Seagulls, there's an attitude around the league that, you know, everyone hates Manly. And there's a f- funny quote, and you see this, the flags on the sides of the fields because you can actually, some of our fields have grass areas that you can stand on, not even, you know, not full stadiums. And, you know, it's literally signs that say everybody hates us. We don't care. That's yeah, what definitely. it feels like to me as a Steelers fan. Definitely. And as you're saying that, uh, one of the names come to mind, if we do have any Manly fans or NRL fans in Australia, uh, I don't want to bore too many listeners in America or around the world, but Maddie right now is supporting the old Cliffy Lions mustache. Uh, he's doing Movember and that's going to grow in nice and thick for next week. And he's definitely looking, if you can look up Cliffy Lions, Manly Seagull, <laughs> that's who Matt looks right right now. <laughs> I actually have a Cliffy Lions jersey too. So I've got one of the old yeah. 87 premiership teams with, the, <laughs> with his number on the back. So anyway, we got to talk Steelers. Yeah, back, but, to Steelers um, back to Steelers. Back to Steelers. But look, really interesting matchup this week, um, without a doubt. Mark, who has to step up for the Steelers, both on the offensive side of the football, and I know always I'll see it on the defensive side, but like, who are the guys that have got to show out this week? You know, and, and especially given Steelers have had slow starts and they have come back. Obviously, we want them to be firing from, you know, from the kickoff. But if there's, if there's two players, let's say we played like we did last week or we played like we did the week before against the Ravens, who are the two players that have got to get us the, help get us the win this week? For, for the offense, it has to be our running game and it has to be Connor. No doubt about it. This is the point of the season where, like I said previously in other podcasts, uh, we're trialing out certain plays and Big Ben starts to feel comfortable. Now we need to learn how to run the rock because that is one of the ways that we'll be successful in the playoffs. Um, we need to have our, our coordinator um, give the guy a chance. We need to, we need to, you can't just do a draw three times in a row and think it's going to work. Like we need to be more creative. Um, and if you can't be creative, put a hat on the hat and push that ball forward because Connor needs to be involved in this offense. He needs to push the first down. So the fact that big Ben doesn't need to rely on his receivers, but really have options to go. Yeah, I can use them now and I want to score. We have to find a running game and this is a perfect place to find in Heinz Field back at home, why not run it down the Bengals? That's it. You talk about rush yards there. The Bengals have given up five games of over 150 and through five games of the, of the eight games they've played, they've given up over 150 yards rushing. Now, we talked about Dallas last week, how many they'd given up. Like, it, it's now, like, this is the week. This is the week to take the pressure off Ben. And whether, you know, or let's say, let's say Ben does get ruled out for with COVID, it's to take the pressure off a Mason Rudolph or even a Josh Dobbs. Like, but assuming Ben, and like, even if, you know, and I did see a little bit of chatter out there around maybe Ben's had these two knee injuries and there's, he was in contact with Vance McDonald. So it's a convenient way to just get him, let him fly under the radar there. 
whatever it is. And even if it's fine, this is the sort of game where it'd be nice to give Ben a little bit of the rest, given how much he's taking on his shoulders. This is the game to run it down their throats, as you said. 100%. It's a game as well to put the NFL notice that we're not just a passing team because that can get us in a lot of trouble with the big games coming up versus the Bills. Um, even like a Jaguars team, if they catch us off guard and they know they can't run the football, then they, they take away out one of our units and they're going to succeed. So we like, you need to be more balanced. And we are winning, but you've got to be balanced with Connor. And Connor has, he has all the skills to do this. And the Bengals, what did you say? 29th or something in yards allowed? Right, what I well, what I said was yeah they've like they've let in five games they've had five games this season where they've let in over 150 yards and they've had two games where they've let in plus 200. I'd be happy with Connor getting 80 of that. So and that would just well first down the key points like we didn't find that in the last last week's game versus Dallas. Uh, I think he ran nine times, 22 yards, and Big Ben had to show up. But we need to run this football. Um, we have we have good block. Maybe put in Dotson. I'm not too sure how they're going to use that that O line. Um, then you know they're working on not getting Ben sacked, but how you win games and control the football, and so Joe Burrows won't be on the field. He's running the football. That's it. That's it. And this is the sort of week. Wouldn't it be great if they gave it to McFarland and he took it off for a long run? This is the sort of week you'd want to see that. Is he playing, Matt? I looked. I looked at this up for the news. Is he playing? I, I was like, he had a cold. He was sick. He was so- going to be part of my prediction, but I might have to change it. Yeah, look, let's quickly go through and, you know, Steelers fans out there, obviously we come live to you every Saturday morning, um, no matter whether you're doing Dale around the house, to and from work, as we always say, cooking breakfast for the family, fishing in the morning, in the afternoon, around the house, whatever you're doing. Um, but yeah, going into the injury report, so Thursday, Juju was a full participant. Mike, Mike Hilton was limited after being full on Wednesday. Probably, I would suggest, given it's a shoulder, he's giving the shoulder a rest. Mm. Derek Watt was back full participant. Maurice Pouncey was back as well, which you'd expect he had his Wednesday off. David DeCastro was back. Villain Waver was back. Eric Ebron was back after all those plays missing Wednesday. Tua was back after missing Wednesday. Aluwalu was limited again, but they're probably easing him in in the hope that he plays. Bugs was limited, which could be quite interesting. Um, again, they could be giving him a rest. He's had to pull a lot of pull a lot of snaps the last few weeks. And then, yeah, as you said there, McFarlane didn't practice, and it said to illness. So, yeah, good call, Mark. There, he whether he plays or not, but assuming he does play. This would be the sort of game where I'd love to see him make that big breakout run that we know he's capable of. Well, let's bring this up. What about what? If what comes back and he's our fullback and he hasn't been used much at all for this season, I think we need to show ourselves and other teams what we can do with the fullback in that role because near the end yeah. of the season during the playoffs, it's going to have so many options for Ben. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be exciting. Like, there's nothing better. Um, I'm a defensive person. I love watching. I could watch defense all day. Um, and it'll be, you know, nine and a game. Um, but it's nothing more exciting than seeing Connor break up through the middle. And he's not a, not a fast guy. Um, and, and we haven't had the Steelers had a big breakaway like McFarlane for a long time. So there's nothing more exciting than the days of Willie Parker um, running 80 yards. And this is part of my prediction if he's, if he's allowed to go. I won't just say it yet. But nothing more exciting than Bell. When Bell could run off, do massive runs. Like, and we haven't had that for five years or four years. Interestingly, though, despite them giving up all those rushing yards, when you look at like the rushing touchdowns, they've actually not let in a rushing touchdown that's been an overly long run. 
like they've let in a, let's see, they've had an 11 rush. Yeah. So the biggest touchdown they've let in off a rush was 11 yards. For, for the Bengals? For the Bengals, yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to go into predictions yet, but do you, because mine kind of goes off that a little bit. Yeah, let's let's get right. Into let's get into predictions. Yeah, go yeah, around yeah. the shop. Well, okay. Now this comes back to with McFarland. Um, I had a prediction this week. And I had a little bit of thought. And I just this is the same thing with their running game. I want to see a big run. Like my prediction this week, and I don't know if I'm allowed to have two like an escape goat, but my prediction this week was for McFarland to have a 40 yard plus running touchdown. Yeah, wow. Like I just want to see that as a fan. Like we haven't seen that for a long time. I think the previous one was Darius Haywood Bay or, um, you know, we haven't seen it on a consistent basis and all these other teams do massive runs and they, we see Connor get 15, 20 yards. We don't see that where, like I thought watching the Bengals game last week, I think their defense over pursues in certain areas. And I think if McFarlane, if he is to play, um, were to relax a little bit and just, you know, play his game like I saw on the highlights in college, he has a great chance. He's got such fantastic speed. I, I think in, if I can use him, if he's available, otherwise, be very short and sweet. Claypool, two TDs. <laughs> I just have to take both, mate. So if you get both, you get two. And if you don't get both, right. you get zip. It's double or nothing. Fair enough. Double or nothing. Oh, my prediction this week then, and we've talked a little about the defense and you know the issue that Joe Burrow is going to have going into Heinz Field. I think I think Haywood backs it up. I think it's two tackles for a loss. One of those is a sack. Mm-hmm. I just think Haywood's going to have another big game this week. I think he needs. I think the Steelers need it. They need to put Joe Burrow under pressure. I think the Bengals are going to be worried about blocking Bud. You know, blocking what, blocking to it. You know, if Alualu's back dealing with that, and I just think Haywood's going to capitalize. And if you watch, if you go back and you haven't seen it, that film room with with Haywood, you can't come off the back of that and, and not go for him. So yeah, two tackles for a loss. One of those is a sack. That's that's, and you know he might even have a battered ball, but I'm not going to hedge my prediction there because my Mark's still ahead five four. So um, got to sit with that one. But Mark, as we are almost ending this week's show. You, what's your slinging slang for the week? I mean, this is a nice game for Steelers fans out there to throw their slinging the slang around, and what better way to do it with a bit of the, the that Aussie terminology? All right, so this this week, uh, this one got me in a bit of trouble because I used to live in uh, Canada for about oh, almost a year and a half, and uh, we say this all the time. So this week's word is heaps. So H E A P S. So heaps. Now, when I was getting in trouble with this certain word, uh, it's, u- it's used, you know, in American or Canadian language, like heaps means like a lot of, or like, you know, you're shoveling like heaps of snow, um, things of that nature. However, like in Australia, if we're surprised by something or like someone gives you a cool Christmas present that's coming up very soon, you go and someone asks you, how was, how was your Christmas or how was the game? Um, you say heaps good. Like that's heaps good. Um, yeah, we say that all the time. And I remember my Canadian mate over there was always confused about what, what, what's this guy saying? What do you mean? Like, why are you saying heaps all the time? Um, so I think as, as still a fan, yeah, this season is heaps good. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome word. What's yours, Maddie? So this week, my word is one that Mark, you'd be pretty familiar with. Very Aussie slang, very sport, um, particularly around different football codes. It's blinder. Having a blinder. 
So Blinder, for all listeners out there, is when you're having a really good game, you know, when you're having like a man of the match or, you know, player of the game performance. Like, so Minka last week with his fumble recovery and his interception and, you know, that awesome pass defense to end the game again, you know, he had a blinder. You know, Spillane that week with that tackle against Derrick Henry, our blinder. Um, You know, there's actually one that we use as well that's a bit like blinder called, you know, having a perler i've heard that's a oh. that's a pretty one per, that's a pretty aussie one wait sorry. stop talking about perler we can use that next week <laughs> so if we look at that if we use that if you're using that word this week like joe burrow would have to have an absolute blinder to win this week's game and um, oh, that's it 100 percent, he'd have to have a blinder absolute blinder but equally the steelers defense in the secondary when we've talked about this receiving unit Guys like your Steven Nelsons, your Terrell Edmonds, who's playing well. Mink is going to have to step up to um, Hayden, what have you. Those guys are going to need, a, we're going to need one of them to have a blinder because there's a lot of threats. When we talk T Higgins, when we talk Tyler Boyd, when we talk about um, the couple of their tight ends that they've got as well, we talk about AJ Green, you know, the Steelers defense, you know, we need one or two players there to have a blinder to, to come away with the win and, and ease that pressure on Ben in the running game. Yeah, one hundred percent. If like if Joe Hayden, you know, rocks up with four interceptions, that's when that's when you say it. And please do, Steelers fans, just say it to one of your family members. And if if yeah, one outstanding performance from a single player like Joe Hayden's got four interceptions, geez, he had a blinder. It'd be so good. I would even like to see the reaction to that. That's awesome. And so we say blinder like it's B L I N D A. Um, that's with our <laughs> accents, but it's actually blinder as in like blind with usual spelling with an E R. Um, it's just the way you've got to say it. Try and yeah. say it with accentuating the A because you know a lot of a lot of the Americans out there, you know, you accentuate R's a lot, like literally and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, focus on the A. Swap the N, the R to an A. To an a. You'll have a better go at it than trying to get your Jennifer Lopez on. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> don't even start that. I do not. I hope one day I meet Jeff in person and he can oh, buy me a wait. beer for that. I don't understand Jennifer Lopez. It still grinds my gears. Uh, we talk with an accent. It's really cool. We don't say Jennifer Lopez. Never. <laughs> we're we're going to have a show in the future about that. We're going to have just talk half an hour and why we disagree. I don't know whether many of the listeners will download that one, Mark, but um, but it will be fun to talk about, actually. It would be good to talk about. Um, look, before we wrap up this week's show, any, any other final thoughts, Mark, before we go into this game where the Steelers can continue to make history? Just, just finally, like, it's exciting to see what Burrow, how he will play with this offense and to see what the future lies in the AFC North football. Um, it's still Steelers versus Bungles, and it's a, it's a AFC North football is always awesome to watch. But if it can test us, I think they overly all win. I do think the Steelers win by, you know, eleven points or twelve points or something similar. But uh, if Joe Burrow plays some great football, well, it's going to be a talking point for the future. Yeah, and equally, he's not going into the that. We talk about a fortress there. He's not going into the fortress he might have usually when you've got full fans in the stands. Exactly. You've got terrible towers going everywhere. You've got <laughs> renegade. Like it's a different environment than what he might usually face. So if he's gonna carve out a surprise win against a good Steelers team, this would be the game after a few slow starts that might be his best opportunity for a few seasons to come. One hundred percent. It's you know I think they need to. Um, the Steelers got a pitch in for us two tickets to get over there. I think we give them a fair fair call. Um, and you know, 
start yelling our certain words at Burrow. But yeah, it's an exciting game. So it's, it's great for football. Burrow's the number one. Big Ben's still there. Let's bring it on. Not an O guy. Let's be really excited. Yeah. It's the old dog against the new cub. Yeah. And we'll see how that matchup <laughs> turns out. So, but it looks still as fans out there. If you, if you, you know, struggling to get hyped for this game, you're thinking, oh, it's just the bungles, whatever. Go back and listen to the Know Your Enemy shows. Go back and listen to Let's Rides, the Scobro shows, the Stat Geek, if you like your stats like Mark and I do out there. You know, whatever it is, go back and download part one of our show as well. If you've joined us for part two, check out how we sort of looked at the Cowboys with a bit of an idea of what that might mean for this week. Thank you as always for listening. We look forward to talking to you next week when the Steelers should be nine and zero. Here we go. Close it out, Mark. Go Steelers. <laughs>